Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Olivia's Obscura. I am, of course, Olivia. And first of all, I just want to say that I released the first episode of this podcast last Monday. I'm recording this right now. It's Saturday. And I looked at my stats this morning, and there have been 78 downloads already across both of the episodes I released last week, which means that people who aren't my like personal friends, people that I personally know must be listening. And if that's the case, hello. It is good to have you. If you are a friend, it is obviously wonderful to have you. If you are a mere figment of my imagination, it is also wonderful to have you here. So I just wanted to say that um, I'm open to brand deals. <laughs> I have, listen, I have 78 downloads, you guys, and I'm on top of the world, okay? Before we get into things, um, I just want to say that I took a little walk this morning. I took a walk to a little coffee shop nearby, and I got this thing. They have it on their seasonal menu. It is called the Headless Horseman, and it is a pumpkin spice coffee soda. So it's like Topo Chico, espresso, and then some sort of like pumpkin spice flavoring and vanilla. And it is so, so good. I got one last weekend too, because me and Ty went to this same coffee shop and it was so delicious. I was skeptical, but I had to get it because they have a regular coffee soda on the menu that I fuck with very heavily. And the Headless Horseman did not disappoint. And I might have to figure out how to recreate it at home because it is like a $6.50 drink, which after a tip is $7.50. And if you round that up, it's it, it might as well be a $10 coffee. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Today's episode is not going to have a very strong narrative arc. <laughs> We're kind of just going to be shooting the shit a little bit because... I don't know. That's kind of my vibe today. I'm kind of in a shit shooting type of vibe. I'm going to start off with just a few pop culture observations that I have from the, the week, the past few days. Um, a couple orders of business, you know. And then I am going to finally talk about the Taylor Swift 1989 vault tracks. I said finally as though that's been something that I've been holding out on. No, I just, that album came out when? Like August what was it like end of August what am I even talking about end of October I think it's been out for like three, two or three weeks and that was about the amount of time that I needed to let the songs marinate I feel like Taylor Swift is something that you kind of need to sit with for a little bit <laughs> when she releases new songs because the songs that I like right away when I listen to them for the first time aren't the songs that I like after a couple of weeks like the early favorites kind of make themselves lower on the list and there's like some sleepers that tend to crawl their way up to the top of my ranking so I've had enough time to listen to these vault tracks and I do have thoughts about them first order of business is that there is a podcast Instagram it's obscura pod o-b-s-c-u-r-a-p-o-d on Instagram, I am actually extraordinarily stoked that I got that handle. Obscurapod just sounds pretty tough. Um, and I'm glad that I didn't have to put any like periods or underscores in it. It just makes my heart happy. We're having a good time over there. We're building a little community. We are having fun on the stories primarily. I really want to use my Instagram stories on that account to their full potential. We're having discourse. We're experiencing 
life together. (laughs) So if you are someone who just stumbled across this podcast, one of the 78 people that is a mystery to me, go ahead and follow the pod on Instagram. I would love to have you. I would love to have you over there. Second order of business, and this is tying into the pop culture portion of this podcast, is that this week something happened. And that is that Harry Styles shaved his head. And it is making waves, at least on my side of the internet. I am in, I do fly in like Harry Styles circles on Instagram and TikTok. But I think it was Thursday that Harry Florals posted this really blurry, frankly, unrecognizable photo of Harry Styles and Taylor Russell at a U2 concert in Vegas in the sphere. (laughs) This all went down in the sphere. And yeah, he it's Harry Styles launched his bald era. And I think this is hilarious because I've always thought that the Harry Styles are bald rumors were super funny. And there was some pretty convincing evidence last year when he was on Love on Tour that he was wearing a wig. There is that one picture and I know you've seen it. If you if you are aware of Harry Styles, I know you've seen this picture of him jumping on stage and it's kind of like an action shot. He's caught mid jump and it genuinely truly looks like the front part of his wig, like like widow's peak area is just straight up lifted off of his head. It 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 was not helping him beat the bald allegations, okay? We were reading the comments on the Harry Florals post <laughs> the other night when they were posted and the people in these comments are so funny. I'm just going to go through and read out some of the comments, the feral comments that are happening under these posts. Let me try to find one. I screenshotted one that was really funny. Um here we go. This one. Delete this, please. There are a lot of people asking you to delete this. Please delete it. I'm begging you. There are people passing out. There are people crying. Delete it. Please delete. Please. There are people feeling sick with this. Everyone is asking you to delete. <laughs> Taking out my contacts because I've seen enough. He's bald and he's torturing people who have hair. I've seen that one a lot. Is that a reference to something that I don't understand? Like, I think it's so funny. <laughs> but the... <laughs> He's torturing people who have hair. Someone said he looked like he just got out of jail. It's probably just his Harry Wayne costume. (laughs) Another one. He's bald. He's bald. And he's torturing people who have hair. I need to look this up. What is that a reference to? He's torturing people who have hair. It's probably like a reference to a tweet or something. Okay, I don't know. That's I feel like that's just a meme that I wasn't aware of, but I do love it now. <laughs> okay, one comment. One comment. Bro, he looks hot AF. Okay, this one I can get behind. I am kind of... Listen, do I think the Harry Styles slander is funny? 100%. Do I dislike it personally? Do I dislike the haircut? No. I like it. I like it. I love a bold choice. Like, I love a bold choice. And this is a bold choice, you know? Also in this picture, 
Oh my God, Brittany Broski's in the comments on this one. This genuinely isn't real. And then another one that says there's no way he's actually bald. <laughs> I love when I'm scrolling through comments on something and Brittany shows up. It's just, it's always a good time. Someone said this is worse than the Emrata kiss. <laughs> that was bad. That was a that was a brutal, brutal kiss. I remember that. Okay, anyway, yeah, people in this picture that they posted, it's him and his girlfriend, Taylor Russell, I believe. And he has his hand on her neck, like death gripped, like a white knuckling, like the side of her neck. <laughs> And it is strange. It is a strange hand placement. She looks happy, though. Good for her. Anyway, I I just needed to discuss the the absolute trenches that the Harry Styles girls are in right now, fighting for their absolute lives. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to Harry Styles' hair. Baldy Styles. It's Baldy Styles now. Okay, second order of business. We need to discuss what was happening last night. This is fresh tea. Fresh, hot piping tea from last night, Friday night. We absolutely need to discuss what was happening with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey in Argentina last night. Taylor Swift's second show, what was supposed to have been her second show in Buenos Aires, got rescheduled because of the weather. It was like deluging there, apparently. Um, I saw some videos. It was extremely, extremely rainy and looked dangerous to be inside the stadium. The, it got canceled. Taylor Swift herself posted on her Instagram story that it was because for safety reasons that she needed to reschedule the show to Sunday night. Then Entertainment Tonight last night posted this photo on Instagram of Taylor Swift. And the headline says, Taylor Swift reschedules second Buenos Aires show after Travis Kelsey lands in Argentina. Fake! fake she canceled the show because of rain he was flying in anyway but people really took this and ran with it he was just supposed to fly in anyway as far as i'm concerned as far as what i know from you know the internet which who cares me actually that's why i'm talking about it he was flying in yesterday anyway presumably to go to the show she was supposed to play last night in the city she didn't cancel the show after he showed up. Are you kidding me? Like that, what? That's not, that's simply not what happened. That's not, the, Taylor Swift would never do that. She, she would, she could never care that much about a man. And I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Anywho, people took this narrative and ran with it. They were like, Taylor Swift just canceled her fucking giant ass stadium show and rescheduled it to a whole different night inconveniencing like hundreds of thousands of people tens of thousands of people okay i i don't know i i don't know how big a stadium is but big right to spend the night with her boyfriend no that didn't happen that didn't happen taylor swift is a professional She's a professional. She would never. And I will defend her on that because I know she wouldn't pull some stupid shit like that. Okay, I was trying to find the TikTok that I saw last night to read the comments on it, but it got deleted. It was a TikTok of this lady who was like, Taylor Swift's 
job just got canceled for the night and her boyfriend just flew in and I'm just so happy for her. I know they're about to have the best night ever. And the comments on this post were insane. Thank God someone on Twitter, I'm reading this from at Crush the Muffins Twitter account, X account, my bad. Sorry, Elon Musk. Didn't mean to didn't mean to slip that one up there. I'm reading off of screenshots of the comments from this TikTok on this Twitter account, okay? First one says, I know we're not worthy to be graced by Baby Swift just yet, but if it was any night, it'd be this night. Girl, come on. What a weird fucking... (laughs) Like, what a weird fucking thing to write in a TikTok comment, right? Like, I also... I know it's been said before and it but I'm I'm I need to say it again, okay? Because like I said in the very first episode, this is going to be my platform where I am unapologetically gailering on Maine. And this is what I have to say right now is that the same person that just wrote this comment about how Baby Swift was going to be brought into the world last night, those are the same people who get their panties in a bunch when you dare say that Taylor Swift seems a little gay. Okay, but this but this isn't weird. This isn't weird and speculative. Okay, okay, okay. Someone said, I'm so happy we are all collectively giddy for her. I don't know what's going on. Like, there's something going on in the, the Tavis community, in the Tavis shipper community on TikTok and on Twitter that I feel like these people are like preying on Taylor Swift's downfall as a pop star. (laughs) Like it is so obvious that they want her to retire and get married to Travis Kelsey and start popping out babies. And it's so strange because I mean like, okay, first of all, you didn't listen to Lavender Hayes. Okay. Like literally the only kind of girl they see is a one night or a wife. And after two months with Travis Kelsey these fans are already marrying her off to him good grief give me a fucking break okay the next comment here says she will be glowing for tomorrow's show insane I okay are these people I kind of feel like maybe these are like 14 year olds on here I kind of feel like maybe these people who are commenting are either like sad middle-aged people who are unfulfilled in their marriages (laughs) This is kind of a this is kind of an intense connection to draw, but it's either middle aged people who are in marriages and who have kids who have been Taylor Swift fans since the beginning and are now hoping for her to follow the same path that they did so they can continue to relate to her. They want her to be married and have kids so that they can connect to her again in the same way they did when they were teenagers or it's 14 year olds who have like never had sex you know what I mean because this comment she will be glowing for tomorrow's show okay are we implying that these two adults these two mid-30s people have not yet slept together we're we're assuming that for some reason that tonight is going to be like a very like the most specialist night ever I'm just confused I'm confused about what's going on here the next comment directly under that one says glad I wasn't the only one thinking about what kind of fun they're about to have tonight Crying laughing emoji, crying laughing emoji, crying laughing emoji. Girl, I can't even get into that one. I can't even get into this one. I These people need to be spayed. The next comment. What if she sings Lavender Haze as a surprise song Sunday for the rescheduled show? 
in all caps. Oh my goodness, Emily, I have news for you. <laughs> the girl who commented this is going to be absolutely flabbergasted when she watches the stream on Sunday and sees that Taylor Swift opens the midnight set with Lavender Haze. She's going to think that she did that just for Travis. <laughs> okay, next comment. My immediate thought, I'm thrilled for our girl. Hey, why are you guys all just immediately thinking so much about how Taylor Swift is going to get railed by an NFL player? We need to we need to talk about how this is normal discourse to be having, but people who speculate about her relationships with women are like ripped to shreds on the internet. We need to talk about this. Another person. Oh, mother is going to shining tomorrow. Amazing grammar. Someone said, yes, they have the doors locked and a do not disturb sign up. I don't know if I can read anymore. I hate these. I hate these horny comments. Something about them is just, I hate them. Anyway, another comment. Literally, as soon as I saw the news, I was like, girl, get it. LOL. <laughs> I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy reading these. Someone commented, this is weird. And then the creator of the video replied, and said, no, you are. <laughs> okay. Every, listen, everyone's weird. I'm weird. I'm weird that I'm talking about this on my podcast, but that's why this is my podcast. I can talk about whatever I want. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Someone in the replies to these screenshots said, it's so weird because they act like she hasn't had a single day off since they started dating. She would not need to cancel a concert for that. Be it fucking for real. Right. She's literally been off the road for like almost like two months at this point. Right. She's been with him a lot. She's been at a lot of games. She's been, girl has been around and about. She's been a girl about town. Like, why are we thinking that this one night that her concert had to get rescheduled is some like elaborate ruse that she canceled the concert as a way to hang out with him? I just don't get it. I need to stop looking at these comments because they're kind of making me mad. <laughs> They're kind of making me mad. Gaylor Twitter and Swifty Twitter lately has been just a just a absolute wild ride. Okay, we for some reason now we're talking about Lily Donaldson. For some reason we're 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 tillying because <laughs> apparently she was at the concert on Thursday night in Argentina allegedly in the VIP tent with um, Scott, Scott Swift. Now, I can't keep up. I just can't keep up. Next order of business that I just thought of, <laughs> but I have to add it in because apparently we're just turning this into the Taylor Swift commentary hour, okay? We all thought she was gonna announce Reputation Taylor's version yesterday, right? November 10th. People were clowning the fuck out of November 10th as a date. People had these insane theories that, quite frankly, seemed airtight about why Reputation, Taylor's version, was either going to be announced or dropped on November 10th. And November 10th came and went with nothing. Is there a chance that it could happen tonight? Yes, there is, especially because she's playing a show tonight in Argentina. So I'm pouring myself a big old glass of clown juice. I, not all hope is lost. And I am saying a little prayer for Reputation TV tonight i'm gonna put out cookies for santa 
I'm going to put out an offering to Taylor Swift so that she will announce Reputation Taylor's version. On Monday, this episode's coming out Monday. So when this episode is posted on Monday, um, we're going to know. We're going to find out if we are living in a rep TV world or not. And 99% of me is thinking that we're not. But 1% of me has to speak it out into the world, okay? Last order of business is something that I need to discuss in relation to episode number two, the Stalked by My Doctor episode, which if you haven't listened to that one yet, go give it a listen. During that movie, we discussed a scene in which the antagonist, Dr. Beck, texts Ryan's friend from Ryan's phone without him knowing a disparaging text about his girlfriend and then deletes the text from iMessages before Ryan can see what he's done. And I was like, I just love that move because it's so sinister. And it was just, you know, everything about it just worked out perfectly, right? Like all the stars had to align. The phone had to have no passcode on it, no face ID. It had to just be an easy open. He had to have enough time to go into the contacts, find his friend, send this text, and then without Ryan knowing or realizing his phone is missing, delete the text from the conversation. I was like, I just feel like that would never happen. That's never once happened, but it is such a lifetime movie trope. I got an Instagram message from my friend Claire. She said, okay, I have a story to tell you. When I was 19, I received this really weird text from the person I was dating. And I was like, um, turns out it was actually this person's sister who texted me from their phone impersonating the person I was dating to insult me. And there was a chance that the sister went and deleted the text from the phone, but it was so long ago, I can't remember if that happened for sure. I would assume she deleted the texts from the phone or else the person you were dating would have gone into their phone and seen these texts sent and let you know about them, right? Anyway, I just, I couldn't believe that someone that I know in the flesh had their very own lifetime movie universe moment. And I needed to share that with you all because I'm eating my words. I said that has probably never happened in real life. And here we go. It, here we go. There is hard evidence that this has happened in real life. So watch out. If you get a text that's out of character from someone you love, just know that it could be somebody sending you texts from their phone and deleting them. Okay, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is discussing in grave detail the 1989 TV vault tracks. What I'm going to say first and foremost is that as as far as it stands, a few weeks into this album existing, I think that these vault tracks are the most listenable vault tracks out of any of the ones she's released. Like I've gone back and listened to most of these vault tracks time and time again in a way that I haven't done with most of her other re-releases like the speak now speak now isn't my album okay and i'll admit that i i wasn't a taylor swift fan when she released speak now so i don't really have the nostalgia attached to it and i it's a good album it's insane that she wrote that when she was like 19 years old like it's insane but it's just not one that i it's not like my it's not my it's not mine you know what i mean I listened to all of those vault tracks like once or twice. I think I maybe listened to I Can See You a few times and I kind of haven't thought about them ever since. The only vault track up until now that I've listened to consistently has been nothing new because those the red vault tracks were insane, but I just don't go back and listen to them. I don't know. For some reason, the 
1989 vault tracks are ones that I go back to. And I don't know how that's going to hold up as time passes, but right now they're definitely having more listen listenability value, okay? Hold on, Brooke's calling me. I got to answer this. I'll be right back. Okay, I took a little break. I'm back and I'm ready to talk vault tracks. I'm going to start with my least favorite vault track and climb my way up to my favorite vault track. Coming in fifth place, last on my list is Say Don't Go. I, this song is a skip for me. It doesn't thrill me. It's good. I think it's, for me, too similar to All You Had to Do Was Stay. It is kind of the same song. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'm not getting it. Maybe I'm not getting it like some of the girls get it, but That one is definitely the least memorable. I couldn't even actually sing it for you right now. I would stay forever if you say. Other than that, I, I, this song doesn't stick in my brain. And because of how underwhelming it is to me, it has to go in fifth place. I will say I love her lower register in the beginning. The alto queen is here, everybody. It reminds me of the beginning of Maroon. I love Maroon. Number one Maroon stan right here. Um... Other than that, it's a skit for me. I respect it. I do. I I just can't talk about it anymore. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Number four, however, is... I feel like this is going to be controversial. I feel like my ranking is a little bit controversial. Number four, is it over now? I Okay. I lo- Here's what I'll say about is it over now. I love the part of the song where she goes... Think it didn't see there were flashing lights. At least I had the decency to keep my nights out of sight. Only rumors but my hips and thighs. Like that part goes extraordinarily hard. Okay, I will give her that. I love the way she says hips and thighs and my whispered size scratches an itch in my brain. I, I do love that specific part of the song. The rest of the song, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, is a bit lackluster. And I'm... It's not a, here's the thing. There's kind of no, none of these are bad. None of these songs are bad. There's just ones that I like more than others. And some of them that I I find to be lackluster. This is one of them. I think that this song is resonating with a lot of people on Twitter and TikTok. I see a lot of people, I specifically the hot blue-eyed girls <laughs> are relating to this song. The hot blue-eyed girls who date guys who also only date blue-eyed girls are really into this song. It's not really resonating me in that way. I appreciate the parallel to Out of the Woods. I love the red blood, white snow lyrical parallel to Out of the Woods there. My second and third rankings are tricky. I, I'm struggling. I actually didn't even decide on which one was going to go number three and which one was going to go number two until right now like I'm really vibing it out right now where I'm at in this moment if I had to speak my truth number three goes to slut and slut was an early favorite of mine I me and Ty sat down the night the album was released and listened to all the vault tracks and right off the bat I loved slut and I still do the pre-chorus is absolutely iconic you can still get pregnant from pre-chorus. But the part where she says, got lovesick all over my bed, that lyric right there sold me. I said, I love that. I love when she says weird stuff like that. 
got love sick all over my bed girl what is that i don't know but i'm obsessed with it i'm obsessed with the wordplay i've just never i've never heard such a thing it just it's poetry taylor swift thank you for that one got love struck went straight to my head got love sick all over my bed like to think you'd never forget handprints in wet cement i love that part of the song the pre-chorus of slut is really where she she shines um the line that i don't like because i don't know why it kind of cheapens the song for me and it ruins it and it takes me out of it is the line where she says in a world of boys he's a gentleman i don't know why when i heard that i kind of made like a face I, there's some I don't I can't put my finger on why that line feels out of place to me it just I don't know it feels like it just feels like a silly thing to say that's really my only beef with this song I think that it's super catchy if they call me a slut you might as well be with it for once I love that like I just think it's good I think it's a solid Taylor Swift song I kind of wish he would have released this one in 2014 or whatever I think I don't think it would have landed at the time I think that it would have been like a cult favorite I think it would have been like a deep cut favorite that not a lot of people were into at the time but now it's like a death by a thousand cuts type that like was it's kind of like a cult classic that like not everyone buys into I don't know is death by a thousand cuts like a under like a deep cut I don't think it is. Death by a thousand deep cuts. I it, it it has deep cut energy, but I think if you walked up to anyone on the street who listens to Taylor Swift, I think they'd be they'd know Death by a Thousand Cuts. Actually, no, that feels presumptuous. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna have to text some casual Taylor Swift listeners and ask if they know that song. Number two, my second favorite 1989 vault track is suburban legends (laughs) i did not see this one coming i did not love this one at first but i have been i put the song on at least once a day to listen to i just love it it had to grow on me i had to sit and stew in the oils (laughs) let them absorb into my skull before i was really drinking the kool-aid when it came to this song but first off i love the midnight's-esque production because I loved the production on Midnight's. Yeah, anyway, I'm a Midnight's girl. I love Midnight's. I love the production on that album. And I love the fact that Suburban Legends sounds like it could have been put on Midnight's. I love the narrative arc in this song. Like, I love the strong imagery. And I, the 1950s gymnasium line in the middle initially really threw me off. And I know that's the same for a lot of people. I've seen it. I've seen that take on social media that the 1950s gymnasium line in particular ruins the song for people for me it reminds me of the beginning of cowboy like me when she says the tennis court was covered up with a tent like thing that's a clunky lyric with really strong imagery i am standing in a 1950s gymnasium and i can still see it i can see it now whatever whatever she says that's a clunky line with strong imagery like you know exactly like you can put yourself in the song with that the same way you can at the beginning of cowboy like me when she sets the scene of this like country club adjacent place with a tent over the tennis court again i will say cowboy like me 
is my is probably my it's definitely in my top three Taylor Swift songs ever. I love Cowboy Like Me. The first listen through I did of Evermore, I wasn't really into it. I was kind of like, mm, I don't know if I love this song. Like I had to sit on it. I had to listen to it. I had to realize what a good thing I had sitting in front of me and how perfect and uh, how, how perfect of a masterpiece it is before I, I was like a, a Cowboy Like Me girl. But that's kind of the same trajectory that Suburban Legends took me on. I it didn't hit at first. After a few listens, I'm fully in. I'm sold on Suburban Legends. If Suburban Legends has no fans, I'm dead. If Suburban Legends has one fan, it's me. I am the number one Suburban Legends stan, and you heard it here first. I love the way this song kind of has this cinematic swell at the end. My favorite, favorite part of the whole song is at the very end, she says, waves crash to the shore, I dash to your door. Like, we love that, okay? What really gets me, what absolutely just, just like gets me is when the next time when she repeats that line and she changes the notes, she says, waves crash to the shore, I dash to your door, I don't knock anymore, blah, 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 you get it? That line right there, the way she sings those words and the way the music is kind of swelling and the way that you can just like see it happening in your mind like a movie, I love. I think that's like that end part there when she when she sings waves cra waves crash to the shore I dash to the door you don't knock anymore. That is I think what makes the song so good in my mind. I love it. I love a strong outro on a Taylor song, and this one's giving exactly that. Now you've probably deduced by now that there is only one option left to go into my number one slot. And that song is Now That We Don't Talk. Yes, bitch. Yes, bitch. This is the vault track. Okay? This is the song. Now that we don't talk, I don't have to pretend I like acid rock. Dude, come on. This song is an earworm. This song is just in my head all the time and I'm just dancing. I love this song. I love the part where she goes, I called my mom. She said that it was for the best. Oh, it scratches an itch in my brain. And this is her shortest song that she's ever released. I think it is two minutes and 25 seconds long. And her second shortest song, Glitch, is two minutes and 27 seconds long or something like that. There's like a two second difference. And I think that this song just proved to me that I love a short and sweet Taylor banger because I love Glitch and I know that that is a hot take. I That is one of my favorite songs to listen to, to just like put on and listen to. Like I love putting that song on and just vibing and going for a walk. Like I want a whole album of songs from Taylor that sound like Glitch. Anyway, I'll stop talking about Glitch because I'm supposed to be talking about now that we don't talk. Yes, it's short. And people are like, it needs to be longer. It needs to be longer. No, it doesn't need to be longer. Don't mess with a good thing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think it's a really beautiful thing when, when someone knows when to keep it short. She knew to keep this one short. She keeps you wanting more. But I think that's the beauty of it. Because sometimes the yearning, the wanting more is the fun part. More so than if you were actually to have it. Ooh, uh, something that I do need to talk about is the lyrical parallel to 
Evermore, the song featuring Bonnie Bear, um, his verse actually where it says, can't not think of all the costs and the things that will be lost, um, really parallels now I'll pay the price of what I what it cost and what I lost. I love the song Evermore. I clocked that similarity right away because that seems to be a really strong theme in a lot of Taylor Swift's work ranging across eras is this idea that like there's a like a benefit and a cost to her relationship specifically and they seem to be referencing different relationships or different points in her life but that theme of paying the price of what it cost and what she lost prevails also i do love hearing taylor swift say the words acid rock like i love that it's it it, like in paris when she says dickhead i love hearing taylor swift say dickhead it's just it's just it's just funny i love hearing her sing about acid rock (laughs) no explanation So yeah, those were my thoughts on the 1989 TV vault tracks. I overall, my overall consensus is that I think they are cohesively, holistically, if you will, the strongest vault tracks out of all of the re-records so far. Maybe that's just my personal preference. Maybe I prefer the production on these compared to the others. Um, But I I, I do feel comfortable saying that I think these are her best vault tracks. And I will, I'll... I'll die on that hill, maybe, until Reputation comes out, obviously. This episode's kind of a shorty compared to the others, but I think I'm going to call it, because similar to Taylor Swift making Glitch and Now That We Don't Talk, um, sometimes you don't want too much of a good thing. (laughs) I would love to give you a big kiss on the mouth if you've made it this far in the episode. Mwah! And I would like to give you another kiss if you go follow the podcast on Instagram and on TikTok, both at ObscuraPod. And I guess I'll see you maybe later this week, maybe Monday. I haven't really figured out my upload schedule yet. This is only the third episode, so I'm still kind of playing around with things. I love a Monday upload and I ran a poll on my Instagram, even though not not a lot of people follow me over there. I still did get the general vibe that people like Monday. People said they like a Monday pod release. So we're sticking with that. I also think that just because I just just because maybe I'd want to like I might if it's called for make a little bonus midweek ep on like Thursdays or Fridays every once in a while. That's what I did last week. Um, But yeah, I'm still figuring things out. If you have thoughts like obviously let me know. DM me on Instagram at ObscuraPod. And oh, the other thing that I would really, really love, and I'd give you five kisses on the mouth if you did, is if you gave this a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. Um, I don't know. That would just be like really cool. It would make me like blush and teehee and twirl my hair and kick my feet. So if that's your vibe, like maybe, maybe do that. If not, don't worry. All right, team, I will see you on the other side. I hope you have a lovely Monday and a lovely rest of your week and I'll see you next time. Bye.